You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are live at the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a Friday for the picks. It is the week 11 slate, right? That sounds weird to say. Um, we're, yeah. No, week 12. Jesus Christ. We are almost done with college football. That's just a really sad statement. But we're here. And we're making picks, and we are loudly knocking on wood because we are crushing it so far this year. It's been a heck of a year for us. Uh, Scott, I, I know you have the numbers in front of you, but we we did pretty well last year, too. Last year, we picked more games. We picked every Big Ten game every week, plus like five or six in the national slate. So every week it came to something like 11 or 12 picks and we were pretty significantly above 500. I want to say like 56, 57% uh, between us. And this year we've, we've been doing even a bit better than that. So um, maybe this is the week that comes crumbling down. I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. Uh, So Scott, it's uh, Wednesday as we're recording this, we actually kind of just finished recording the preview in in real time if you want to hear how the sausage is made but as people are listening it's friday so if some of these lines have moved of course we apologize but uh we're doing the best we can out here uh but it's wednesday how are you i'm good uh another week of football gotta be grateful while we can um we've mentioned the last few episodes it's fleeting like you said uh it's gonna sneak up on us uh december's closing in and then we'll be into bowl season just like that i can't believe it um i think us doing this three times a week has made the season fly by even more than usual um we're in a routine here and we're just charging through the season but got a decent slate here not the greatest slate thank you to the sec and their cowardly act of malice towards college football do you have the sec slate in front of you because it is just unbelievable i have the full slate here but i can pick out some sec games so georgia's playing charleston southern texas a&m's playing prairie view a&m battle of the aggies uh mississippi state's got tennessee state kentucky's got new mexico state i mean it's just terrible just awful 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 
awful games. Alabama's playing Arkansas. Obviously, that's a great game. We'll be talking about that one in a minute. Uh, one of the only good SEC games this week. But yeah, I mean, it's just frustrating. Like play your games early, play a nine game conference schedule or play eight and play these games early. But it's just, it takes so much kind of excitement out of the stretch of football when you've got the best conference or one of the two best conferences in the country playing cupcakes in November. Um, But here we are. Yeah, I I was kind of going through this slate. I was listening to some of the preview pods, and there's a couple sneaky games out there that I think are interesting, but the SEC playing the cupcakes really brings the whole week down a, a down a notch or two. It's just and you know, we've kind of brought this up before. Like I don't even necessarily blame them for doing it. If if the rules allowed me to and you can kind of get a tune-up game at the end of the season, your whole team is banged up. I mean, think about Michigan state right now and how many injuries we have and how many guys are playing at 50%. If we got Youngstown state this week and we had a chance to, to kind of rest a bunch of those starters and get everyone back and healthy before, you know, the, the championship weekend and, and the last games of the week or the, of the season, like, I mean, I, I would probably do it too. It's if it's part of the rules that allow me to, I, why not? Um, it's clearly worked out for them in terms of looking at postseason play. The SEC typically does pretty well in in playoff and and significant New Year's Six bowl games and everything. So I don't know. They're doing something right. I can't hate it too much, but it it does as a fan really water this thing down uh, when we're trying to to look at a full slate here. So it's um. It's going to be a a fun week as it always is though. A quick shout out here that I want to give to the South end zone podcast. If you're looking for some college football content, the South end zone podcast is a good place. They, they were talking to me back and forth asking about this Ohio state, Michigan state game. And uh, unfortunately I was supposed to join them. We couldn't work out the times, but I, I know we, we went back and forth in the DMS. I gave them a bunch of notes. So I know they'll, they're going to talk about the game. So if you're looking for another preview, that, that's a good place to go. They are a member of the Pigskin Podcast Network, so it helps us out a little bit as well. So uh, check them out. But, uh, of course, as we always are, we are brought to you by our good folks over at DraftKings who have another special promotion for you this week. Again, they're always hooking you guys up as listeners of the show. If you are looking for NCAA action, if you are looking for NFL action, it's the place to be. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score in an NFL football game, you can win $100 in free bets. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long as well with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. DraftKings is giving away uh, new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network, of which we are a proud member. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. With promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I know some people listen to podcasts at like one and a half speed or two times speed. I want to know what that one sounded like. I feel like I got that one out there pretty good. So 
let's get to the picks here, Scott. What do we got on slate this week? And before you do, actually, if you have uh, our results from, from the season and last week, I would love to hear that as well. You know I do. Um, we split the week. So we had two disagreements. You liked um, Penn State over Michigan, and I liked Michigan over Penn State. And then I, I've gotten rid of it because I don't like posterity or looking back at my notes, but there was another game in there. I and had I, Baylor, I know, as a, as a money line. I, I took them straight up to win that Oklahoma game. They did. It helped me in this contest, and it also helped me in my wallet. So I appreciate the Baylor Bears for that one. There you go. I had the Sooners, so that one I dropped. We split it. The rest of the week, we both went two and two on the same picks. So three and three for both of us last week, four points, because we both got the MSU game right for a little extra point there. So on the season... You have the leg up in record. You're 35, 22 and one. I'm 34, 23 and one, but I got one MSU game that you did not. So we are tied 42 points headed into the home stretch here. I don't know. We haven't talked about doing bowl games, doing conference championships. We'll, uh, we'll make a plan for that to see really when this whole contest is coming to an end. We'll let you know what we decide. Yeah. Considering next week. we're, we're tied, there isn't really a whole competitive advantage. So we probably got to knock that out while we're still tied. And before somebody says, well, now that I have a two game lead here, let's uh, let's finish this thing up in the regular season. <laughs> so we will, uh, we'll let you guys know next Friday, what we decide to do, but we're doing really good. We're at 69 wins. Nice. Uh, 45 losses and two pushes. So 69 and 45, that's like, I don't know, Kevin, did you that's major in math? That's like good. 60%. I, I majored in economics. So in theory, that's, that's math adjacent, uh, but not off the top of my head. Am I able to do that math? I think it's like 60%. Again, we'll get back to you next Friday. Cause it might take <laughs> us a week to do the math, but either way we're doing great. Um, last week was 50, 50, just like you'd expect against the spread. So we got some work to do to make up for that and keep our reputation strong. But, uh, we've got five games here this week. Uh, obviously the slate starts with our favorite game, but you know, by now we're going to wait till the end of the episode to get to the Michigan state game. So the other noon game that we have our eyes on is a team that's come up in these actually surprisingly often. This is probably the third or fourth wake forest game we've talked about so number 10 wake forest travels to clemson and is a four and a half point underdog so even with the about a three-point advantage for being a home team the uh the odds makers think clemson's a one and a half point favorite without home field so kevin interesting line here wake forest obviously has had a much more successful season but has recently started running into some hiccups they're no longer undefeated Clemson is far from undefeated this one's at noon on ESPN who you got yeah Clemson low-key should be ranked like it's they're kind of having a funny season somebody was was talking about this um I, I think it was on the solid verbal the college football podcast I was listening to and they they were kind of bringing this up like in an absolute disaster season for Clemson, they could still win 10 games. I mean, it, the, the early season was terrible that that loss to Georgia. They had an overtime loss to NC state and then the, the 10 point loss to Pitt. but they're currently seven and three. 
Uh, they got this game against Wake Forest and then a rivalry game at South Carolina. Uh, they'll have a bowl game. So they got a real shot to get back to 10 wins. And it, it just doesn't really feel like that. Uh, I'm going to go Clemson here. And, and the reason for me is, is X's and O's. And it's pretty simple. If, if you've watched the Wake Forest offense, it's, it's running that crazy, weird, long mesh point RPO stuff where, you know, the quarterback and the running back are, are holding it in their gut for eight seconds, waiting for something to open up. And the way you destroy that offense is penetration and a good defensive line. And for all the things that Clemson has gone, that have gone wrong for Clemson this year with their offense, their defense has still remained in the top five, top 10 in college football. And I just think this Clemson defensive line is going to cause some problems. And I think they're going to score enough points against a terrible Wake Forest defense. Um, I, I think they could win this game something like 28 to, to 22 or something like that and, and get me a cover. So give me Clemson here. The, the weird under-the-radar Clemson Tigers. All right. Well, Wake Forest, I've been a ride-or-die with Wake Forest all season. I just I love their story, and I love their offense. And I love them in this game, uh, not to blow them out or anything, but at least to cover. This game could actually have ACC Atlantic title implications if you can believe Clemson's still in that conversation so this is Clemson's last conference game you mentioned they have the rivalry game with South Carolina who's obviously in the SEC so Clemson wins this they're at six and two that would put Wake Forest at six and one with a matchup against Boston College probably wouldn't lose that but Boston College has a great defense and anything can happen when you play great defense. I love Boston College that's like a low-key Phil Dracovic we don't talk about Boston College on these picks because their their starting quarterback was I think they would be like a a teens type ranked team if if they had their starting quarterback all year Um, if if anybody out there is wagering Boston College at home against Florida State this week I love it. Meanwhile you got NC State right on the heels of Clemson at four and two. They play uh, Syracuse in North Carolina. North Carolina especially would not be an easy out. So you get you get the right dominoes to fall here. Clemson wins this game. They are the ACC Atlantic champions. Now on the other side of that, if Wake Forest wins this game, they are no matter what happens the ACC Atlantic champions. I think the opportunity to clinch the division and punch their ticket to wherever the hell they play the ACC championship is enough motivation. I think it's Charlotte. It was last year Uh, is enough motivation to get them through. So give me the demon Deacons. I love that name. I don't know what a demon Deacon is, but give me the demon Deacons to cover, to win, to punch their ticket. And maybe, maybe a backdoor chance at the playoffs, but they'd need a lot of dominoes to fall their way at nine and one. I, th- I feel so, like we've been on the opposite sides of every Wake Forest pick this year. So, <laughs> and I feel like we might have like split them all. We'd have yeah. to go back and, and listen because, again, I don't take notes. I get rid of all of them because, you know, I don't like strong positive record keeping. So, uh, but I feel like I've gotten some, you've gotten some. We'll see how, where this one lands. But we're going to go down to the 330 CBS slot. Those of you who follow us know that the 330 CBS slot is the top SEC game of the week and really the only SEC game worth paying attention to this week. Number 21, Arkansas, came out of this at the start of the season 
guns blazing, looked great, have since really kind of slowed down a bit. And they're going to Tuscaloosa to play, obviously, number two, Alabama. 21 points they're giving Alabama here, three touchdowns at home. So, Kevin, um, maybe one of the last shots for Alabama to drop down to two losses before the SEC championship game. Do you think the Razorbacks have it in them? I want to. I really do. I like this Arkansas team. I like Sam Pittman. I I like their story. I like KJ Jefferson, their quarterback. But the thing for me is, do you remember that game uh, about a month and a half ago when they went to Georgia and they lost 37 to zero? And that game was over in about five minutes. This time they're traveling to Alabama. And I just can't see them staying in this game. I mean, they went to double overtime last week against LSU, who has struggled this year um, in, in, a, in a team in Arkansas that's focused on their offense. They scored 16 points with overtime for that win. So I just I don't see Alabama scoring less than 45 and I just think the Alabama defense has, has kind of found its stride a little bit here. And I, I just think they're going to be too much. So I, I think Will Anderson, if there was a defensive Heisman candidate this year, it would be Will Anderson for Alabama. For anybody who hasn't paid attention, he has 11 sacks and 19 tackles for loss so far this year. He's just an absolute machine. Uh, but yeah, give me, give me the Crimson Tide here to roll pretty easy. Yeah, this is uh, it's an interesting one, but if it was at a neutral site or in Arkansas, I'd feel a lot better about thinking that Arkansas could stay in this one. But going into Bryant Denny against an Alabama team that's coming off a tune up game might as well have just been a bye week for Alabama last week. Uh, I just don't see them sticking in this one. Like you said, 21 points is a lot, but in Alabama terms, it's it's really not all that much. Um, so I like the tide as well to win, to cover, to continue their March to take on Kirby smart in the sec championship. So uh, yeah, we'll leave that one there. We do have one other three thirty game. We're peppering in a little bit of a group of five action here. Uh, Cincinnati, they don't have the greatest schedule, but they are playing a tough opponent this week, eight and two SMU. Hey, that rhymes. Um, so SMU travels to up to Cincinnati. Speaking of, can you imagine being in a conference where you play in like <laughs> mid Texas and have to travel to Cincinnati for a conference game? Anyway, also especially down in November. Florida, yeah, they're all over the place in the A's. So A's. SMU traveling to play number five Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a ten and a half point favorite. Again, three thirty ESPN. Um, Cincinnati obviously needs this one to keep their playoff hopes alive. Kevin. Are they going to do it? This is the this is the toughest pick of the week for me. I I'm still I, like I still don't exactly know where I'm. I I just looked up the weather real quick as you said that because I was like, wait a second, huh? Traveling up to Cincy mid November, but it's it's 52 and cloudy. I I, I don't think that's going to be a huge issue for for those southern guys traveling up north. If it was a little colder, if there was a little more wind, if there was some rain. Uh, I might think differently, but I, I don't see that affecting it. Uh, since he's just been creeping by all year against pretty bad teams. And so like, 
if if you're looking at SMU as probably the best, not definitely the best team that they've played since Notre Dame, um, they've really struggled to to pull away in some of these games. Navy was a one score game. Tulsa was a one score game. Um, South Florida even hung around with them. Tulane hung around with them. If you let SMU hang around on you, I mean, they can score with anybody. They've scored 42 points a game. I think they just got their starting running back uh, back and healthy. Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback, is a fun player. Um, uh, give me – this is how confident I am in this pick. I still don't even know. Give me, give me SMU. Give me the Mustangs, the Pony Express. Uh, I just – Cincinnati's just been playing with their food all year and, and SMU is dangerous, man. That, like I said, they can score 40 on you in a hurry. I think SMU, what if they win this game? Chaos. <laughs> Chaos. Yeah. Actually the, the committee would be elated. If Cincinnati uh, since he, we were talking, talking, since he would drop to like 24, <laughs> <laughs> They'd punish them just for the pain and suffering they've endured by having to rank them anywhere this year. Um, all right. It is a tough one. It's a tough one here. Uh, but where you say Cincinnati has been playing with their food, barely winning SMU has been doing largely a lot of the same. They've obviously lost two games against Houston, against Memphis, both on the road, but you know, they beat Navy by one touchdown. They beat TCU good power five win, but by one touchdown, they beat Louisiana tech by two. Um, they have some better wins in there as well, but I just, I don't trust it. And, and they, the two best conference teams they've played this year, they lost on the road. This one's also on the road against the best team in their conference. I just don't see them doing it. 10 and a half points is a little iffy. I think it's a good line. I think I'd like Cincinnati by about 10 to 13 points in this one, but I think Cincinnati will have enough juice to, uh, to cover the 10 and a half. So give me the Bearcats. Speaking of, have you ever looked up what a Bearcat is? Never. I've it's the thought has crossed my mind many times watching Cincinnati. Like, huh, wonder what that is. So I'm gonna Google it, and then I never do. Do you have it? They're like it's I don't if you're listening to this and you have a, you know, if you're driving, don't do this, but otherwise look up a bearcat. They're also called like a binturong. It's like this Asian like raccoon rodent thing that kind of looks like a rat, kind of looks like a catfish. Kind of looks like a oh, that's like a Wolverine. weird looking creature. Yeah, they're like really. I wouldn't want to fight one. I don't know no. what that thing does. It looks Wolverine-ish. I think Bearcat's a pretty good name for it, honestly. But yeah. look them up. They look fierce. They look scrappy. I think the Bearcats take that to heart. Get it done against the Mustangs. Uh, I think this thing could really could really bother a horse you know really get under its skin so <laughs> give me the bearcats for no other reason than that um all right psychotic late game here uh interesting one out in the pack 12 we've been waiting to find a matchup that oregon might struggle with i think this one has a lot of ingredients for a, a game they might struggle with it's on the road so number three oregon this one's 7 30 on abc number three oregon traveling over to play number 23 recently ranked Utah some chatter that maybe they're underrated I don't necessarily think they're underrated but they are ranked now um Utah is a three-point favorite that yep. doesn't even sound right I wrote that down but uh yep home favorite yeah all right home favorite so on a neutral field 
they're set odds makers are saying this is a this is a toss-up uh that's a little surprising kevin what do you think yeah this this one's kind of funny i was i was reading something about basically if utah wins this game they don't have a chance at going to the rose bowl which was kind of interesting uh just the way that the the playoff implications and the the way that the uh, Pac-12 championship and everything would get decided. Um, it, it was kind of a weird twist on it for, for Utah fans, I'm sure. But um, yeah, Oregon traveling to Utah, playing up in the altitude, which is always, always tough. Uh, Utah's got a pretty good home field advantage. But like you said, it was one of those where the line came out. Utah was favored. And it's one of those that kind of makes you scratch your head. You're like, I see that number four next or number three next to, to Oregon's name in the college football playoff rankings. And they're underdogs against number what, 20 something. Um, it catches you off guard. You, the, the first thought is like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to hammer Oregon. And then you're like, well, what do they know? You know, that's, it's always one of those um, Oregon lost CJ Verdell. Uh, which I think is huge. He was, he was their starting running back, but Travis Dye has stepped in really nicely for them. He's, he's had a hell of a year here the last few weeks, especially. And we know what Anthony Brown, their quarterback brings in the run game. He he's like 240 man. I don't know what he actually is, but that's a big dude. I saw him running over some safeties. Um, I, I just, I, I watched a little bit of Utah and they just, they don't really do anything that impresses me a whole lot. They, they kind of struggled to put away Arizona last week. Who's a bad football team. Um, they lost to, to Oregon state, San Diego state, BYU. Uh, I just, I, I don't get the idea that, that Utah is going to go and, and win a game against a top five opponent. I, it just doesn't kind of seem like that kind of team to me. So maybe I'm walking right into a stinky line here. I don't know, but I, if you're especially going to give me a whole field goal, I, I'll take Oregon to cover that for sure. And I, I'll probably take them to win as well. If, if you're looking at whatever the money line is probably like plus plus one forty, plus one fifty, something like that. Uh, give me Oregon here. Give me the ducks. Yeah, this one, it's a spooky line just because it seems so bizarre and in in games like this i've typically it's proven for me anyway that if i follow my gut instead of trying to overthink it and trying to understand what's vegas thinking about i usually do a little bit better i think maybe vegas just put a little bit too much on the cj verdell injury and the fact that utah is recently ranked and there's a couple factors i think oregon's the better team here by a at least a possession and a half. I just, I don't see where this line's coming from. Give me the ducks. Um, I just, I'm not going to overthink it. That that's it. I think Oregon's by a a decent margin, the better team in this game. And I think they're going to take care of business um, over in Utah. So give me the ducks. We're both on the ducks. We've got two disagreements and now we head to an interesting Michigan state pick. I say interesting because there have not been a lot of opportunities this season to take Michigan state to cover with a decent margin without taking them to win necessarily. So obviously we are a huge underdog this week. We're playing at noon. It's going to be on ABC. We are number seven. Ohio state is number five. I feel like I don't need to say any of this because everybody listening probably already knows, but we are a 19 point underdog travel into the shoe. Um, 
Kevin, we did our preview this morning. Uh, by the time this drops, it was a couple of days ago. If you haven't listened to it yet and you got a little bit of time before kickoff, go over there, listen to how we think we could win this game. But Kevin, it is prediction time. Again, it's a Michigan State game, so we are predicting the winner. We are predicting the score, and obviously through that, we are predicting who we think will cover the spread. So, Kevin, the time has come. Michigan State at Ohio State, who you got? I said the Cincinnati SMU game was probably the toughest pick of the week. Um, I I think I lied because I think this this game is so tough to pick uh, against the spread. So. I'll start with the fact that I do think Ohio state's going to win this game. Uh, I think if I'm looking at this and trying to take my fandom out of it, I I think Ohio state's going to win. Uh, Does Michigan state have a puncher's chance at winning it? Yeah. Uh, I think the, the formula there is you need a couple turnovers on, on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, you need to convert every red zone opportunity to touchdowns. You need to get into the red zone more often than not. You cannot turn the ball over. Absolutely. If you turn the ball over, especially early, uh, Purdue, that game snowballed quickly because Purdue turned the ball over a couple times in the first half and Ohio turned those in for for easy touchdowns and, and it was over. You cannot do that. You need to control the game you need to control the momentum you need to get up early if uh, even just a seven nothing lead and and let them know you came to play let them know you mean mean business take a little bit of the energy out of that stadium um and, and kenneth walker has to have the game of his life if all of that comes true sure we got a shot to win uh i i think like there is a path but it's it's going to be a tough one the reality though is that I cannot look at this Michigan state defensive backfield and look on the other side of the ball and the scarlet and gray at what Ohio state is bringing to the table with their passing offense and feel any sort of confidence that we're, we are going to win. I I can find the path of it happening, but if, if you're asking like a confidence level, man, I, I don't know how you can look at Ohio state's passing game against our defensive backfield and, and feel any remote, sort of confidence. So I think Ohio state wins this game. And I, I do think though, 19, was it 19, 19 and a half right now? 19 points. It's a lot of points, man. That's a lot of points and Ohio state, you know, they've, they've been putting away a lot of teams, but they've been putting away a lot of bad teams until last week against Purdue. Um, the, the, the teams that they've really hammered have, have been pretty bad teams. Uh, Penn State was within nine points. Uh, Nebraska finished in within nine points. And Michigan State has already beaten Nebraska. Uh, and I think that that us against Penn State is, is kind of a coin flip right now. So um, even Minnesota kept that game within 14 points. So I, while Ohio State is certainly capable of beating anybody by 40, I think Michigan state has enough offensive firepower to keep this within the number. So I'm going to take Michigan state to cover here. I do think Ohio state's going to win. If we're looking at a score, I I'm looking at this as something like 45 to 35. Um, I, I think Michigan state is, is just going to, we, we kind of talked about this. 
if if you can force three possessions of Ohio State from touchdowns to field goals, I mean that could turn forty five points into thirty three points. Suddenly we're right there. Um, I'm just not a hundred percent confident in that happening. So yeah, give me 45 to 35 Ohio state, Michigan state to get the cover. All right, there you have it. Um, so I'm not going to dig too deep into my prediction, Kevin, we are going to hang on the line here, uh, for a minute. I have a little bit of breaking news to break to you. Another kind of open the envelope moment here. Uh, when I finish my prediction, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Don't go on Twitter or anything to get a sneak peek because it's exciting, but I am I going just to turn down you... my phone. And then you said that and I was like, okay, no, I'll, I'll shut honor it off. So I yep. have no idea what you're talking about. All right. So before then my prediction for all the same reasons and you know, everything we said on the preview, I'm not going to be too long winded here. Uh, Michigan state, just, I don't see them going toe to toe. It's going to be an offensive battle and we're going up against the best offense in the country. If this was a strength on strength matchup and we had the 2013 defense or something, and maybe our offense was the shaky side, I might feel a little bit better, but a strength on weakness game is not the kind of game that favors um, the team with the weakness. And they're, I just think they're going to pass all over us. I mean, if Purdue did it, if Western Kentucky did it, you know, other teams, it's been a struggle this year and we're going up against the best offense and maybe probably also the best passing offense in the country. I don't think we're going to win, but I do think we're going to cover just like you. I don't think it's going to be quite as close though. I I got another touchdown on Ohio state 52 to 35. That's a 17 point difference in a Michigan state cover. Um, I just don't think Ohio state necessarily is, I I think we're strong enough to keep them around there. I mean, (laughs) It's 52 points. So I don't know how much do you think water like, that holds, but like as a quick, quick question, um, if Michigan state covers, but doesn't win, do you think it would be more of a result of work? We're, we're kind of hanging around all game or would it be more of a kind of backdoor cover? I think it'd be the hanging around version. I mean, our team again is not built to come back from big deficits. We're not the team that's going to sneak in a couple of passing touchdowns and throw in, you know, all the whole fourth quarter. I think our passing game works a whole lot better when the game's close and the running game is still a threat. So I think if we're hanging around and covering, it's a product of being within one or two possessions the entire game. And then maybe, you know, just hanging in right in that or a low three possession, like I said, 17 points by the end. But I think the only way we cover is if uh if we hang in there at least two and a half three quarters of this game yeah i i think i'm i'm with you there i just yeah we we do have the offense to just keep it interesting the whole way i just don't think we have the offense to to ultimately get the job done against i mean like you said the the best offense in the country i it's it's a team i bet ohio state preseason to win the national championship at plus 700 and those odds have gone down since. I think right now they're like plus 380 or plus 400 the last time I looked. I, and I still feel pretty decent about that bet. Even even looking at Georgia, I think Ohio State can score 30 on on Georgia. Like it's it's just that good of an offense right now. And, and I don't know how you look at, again, our defensive backfield. That's a tough, tough matchup, man. That That's eesh. yeah. Man, I hope we get Ohio State Georgia this year in the in the college football That'd be playoff. A fun if one. they're if they're both in there, we got to see that. That would be talk about a strength on strength. But 
All right. So that's our predictions for this week. Two disagreements. You like Clemson. I like Wake. You like SMU. I like Cincinnati. The rest is going to be probably all wins because we know what we're doing here. Clearly. But um, I have, I'm very curious with what you're bringing to the table here. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. So it's Michigan state related. That's why it's Michigan state football related. That's why we're going to get it on here. I know we're not going to have another episode until it won't drop until Monday. And by then this will be, we'll have, this will be a whole different uh, conversation. So the Detroit free press, is it Mel Tucker related? It is. Ah, okay. Chris Solari and somebody named David Jesse from the Detroit free press have just broken this about 20 minutes ago. Uh, it looks more like a rumor than an, it's not an announcement, but this is a quote. If all goes as planned, Mel Tucker will become the highest paid coach in the big 10 and Michigan Ooh. state will make a major show of strength that it plans to be a significant spender in college football in the next decade. You ready for the numbers, Kevin? Oh, there's numbers. There's numbers. Okay. I am very ready. I'm very MSU is preparing a historic $95 million <laughs> 10 year oh my extension. God. This is John Gruden. <laughs> what? Your That's reaction. Insane. Um, yeah. So, so this has been creeping out all week of it started with Rico beard and then stuff started to kind of trickle. There was uh Jason Strayhorn today. Um, that is, that is Matt. 10 years is huge in general. Um, and then the money, uh, John, do you remember that John Gruden signed a 10 year, hundred million dollar deal with the Raiders? And that was jaw dropping. That was bananas. That was nuts. And we're, we're five mil short of that over a 10 year period at a school that traditionally hasn't really invested in the football program to that level so that's really exciting you know we kind of brought this up earlier like we have billionaires from michigan state who are suddenly interested in paying up to to get a successful football program this could get interesting i'm just saying multiple billionaires are interested in a good football team so this is exciting. This is very exciting. Yeah, billionaires. Uh, according to this report, Matt Ishbia and Steve St. Andrew will be donating private funding to the university to support the reworked contract. So, wow. So I was talking about this with my brother a little bit. We like to uh, shoot the shit about college football, pardon my French, uh, and, and Michigan State. He's an MSU guy as well. And we were just kind of talking about how the program has changed. Right. And we were comparing a little bit of what it felt like to have D'Antonio as the coach versus Mel Tucker, love both of them to death. But Mark D'Antonio, the way I put it is Mark D'Antonio played the rules of being the Michigan state football coach better than anyone. He knew how to take the head coach at Michigan state and make the most of that. Mel Tucker is changing what it means to be Michigan State football's head coach. 
what I mean by that is, is Mark D'Antonio, he would take his two and three star recruits that Michigan state would typically get. And he would turn them into great playmakers, NFL guys. We know that we know him for that. Mel Tucker is saying, that's great. I respect it. Mark D'Antonio did great things, but if we want to be the team that competes legitimately for national titles, doesn't just sneak into the playoff. I think if we're being honest with ourselves in 2015, we kind of snuck in. We don't want to sneak into the playoff. We want to challenge Ohio state for the top of the conference to be the best team in the conference every year. And I'm not saying we're going to get there. I'm not saying we're not going to get there, but that is exactly what Mel Tucker is trying to do. And I am just so excited. I am very glad we are doing a Michigan state podcast. Um, when Mel Tucker <laughs> stepped or when Mel Tucker took over was around the time we really started to take this podcast seriously. The and at the time we were like, geez, are we just going to be like, beating our heads against the wall with 500 teams for a while. Like what are we doing? So there was a previous iteration. So the, the old listeners know there was a previous iteration of the podcast known as the downtown Spartans. And that, that went under for reasons mostly out of my control. So we restarted the thing as the standing room Spartans. The first step, if, if you, I'm, I'm not joking. If you go back in the feed, you can do this yourself as you're listening, scroll all the way down 120 some episodes the first episode of the podcast is titled mel tucker and it was my thoughts on us hiring mel tucker that was the first episode of the podcast so he is uh yeah we're we're tied to him for sure it's like you said though it it was all of last year i'm thinking like man it's fans are just not really super interested. I, I don't know what I'm doing here. Just starting a, a Michigan state football podcast at the time when Michigan state football is looking pretty bleak. You joined on with me and it was just like, all right, let's just see where this goes. And now all of a sudden it's like, damn, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> this is, there's news coming out left and right. We're, we're nine win team already. It's a good time, man. How far we've come. I mean, you yeah. think back, Mel Tucker was hired last February, 18, 19, 20 months ago. And uh, we've been through a pandemic. We've been through a two and five season. We've been through uh, the transfer portal madness of the last off season, building one of the best recruiting classes Michigan State has seen in a long time, if not ever in the 22 class, beating Michigan going nine and one so far. And we're on the doorstep again this weekend. It, it's it's hard to feel great about our chances, but we have a chance. And you know what? I'll take that over being five and five and making other plans for my afternoon this Saturday because we all know what's coming. You know, I'll take this feeling where we'll probably get beat. We might get crushed, but we might win this game and we are in the college football playoff conversation in Mel Tucker's second year, second of 12 plus, I guess is what we're looking at now. So meaningful, you know, he's, he and players have said it all week, man, meaningful championship type games in November. Uh, We're already there and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's pressure, it's nervousness, it's anxiety at times, but it's like you said, man, when you're looking at the alternatives, this is a whole lot of fun. I think we'll leave it there. By the time we record on Sunday, we will either have one and we'll be talking about the college oh, football man. playoff potentially or if, lost. If we, if we will have won 
tune in, man, because that will be a <laughs> fun episode. <laughs> we'll probably have more details on this whole extension thing, um, but we don't know that for sure. By the time this drops, there might be more details from this whole thing. Um, but we'll be back on Sunday. Kevin, anything else to send us off? No, that's about it. Um, I I brought up the hashtag earlier this week, hashtag pay tuck. Uh, it looks like somebody was paying attention to that. That is, that's insane. And for it to drop during our podcast, we appreciate that, Mr. Soleri. That's good content for us. So um, yeah, subscribe, all of that kind of stuff. I won't, I won't bore you guys with the spiel again. Uh, we really appreciate the support. And we will see you on Monday, win, lose, or draw. I don't think it's possible to draw in college football. I don't know, 250 overtimes eventually, they'd probably just call it. But uh, win, lose, or draw, we'll see you guys on Monday. Have a great weekend. If you're going down to Columbus, be careful. Those people are absolute psychopaths. Uh, But it is an incredible stadium. I was there uh once back in high school and it's just it it's a jaw dropper for sure it's it's an incredible scene um just even without a college football game being played in it let alone when there is one so um no enjoy the weekend whether you're there whether you're home uh please please enjoy the game i know there's a chance that it gets ugly but we are playing meaningful championship level games in november and and that alone is worth your support. So I uh, really appreciate everybody. We'll see you Monday. Until then, go green. Go white. Take care, folks.